that music means we are back. Paleo Hackers, what is up? I am Clark Danger, the host of the Paleo Hacks podcast. We've been doing this show for two years, and it's very exciting to get guests on here, experts in the field, the best of the best, the doctors, New York Times bestselling authors, the food bloggers, the chefs, the cooks, you name it, we have them. It's also exciting... Uh, in those calls that we jump around different topics, we get about 50 topics a call, I mean ballpark, and we we nail them down, but we don't really focus on one in particular. And so what we wanted to do here when we were scratching our heads saying 2015's here, what do we as Paleo Hacks want to bring to the table? We wanted to bring something new, something that's actually going to help you that you can listen to and take away some solid action steps to apply to your life and ultimately make you healthier. That's the point of this blog. We, we want to serve you and make you healthier in your everyday life. And so we have our friend Casey Thaler here with us who writes killer articles on the Paleo Hacks blog. He's here today to read those articles to you because we don't have enough time in the day. I mean, chances are if you're listening to this, it's because you're on the go, you're commuting, you're working out, you're doing something other than just sitting there and listening to my voice through this microphone. You're multitasking. That's how I listen to podcasts, and that's why I think I love them, and I can get so much done while I'm listening to them. Long story short, we wanted to put our blog articles in a audio format for you. Um, that doesn't mean the regular interview show is going away. In fact, we have plans to take that to the next level as well. Uh, I can't really talk about it right now. It's still kind of being tested and and in trial and error process in its inception. But once you once you once it's official, you will know about it. So today I got my man Casey Thaler, who is an NACM personal, personal trainer, tons of letters after his name, and a fitness specialist who works with thousands of clients and different coaching calls. And he's been in the field for a while. Write some awesome articles, and we're going to talk about it. And then I'm going to bring him back and ask him kind of the frequently asked questions, and more importantly, how we apply what we talked about for five minutes into your everyday life and make you better. So, paylorhacks.com is the place to be. Clark at paylorhacks.com is my email. My personal YouTube channel, which is cranking out content now, is Clark Danger Fitness. Just YouTube that and you'll hear a lot more motivational, personal development, lifestyle stuff. You ready for the show? I'm ready for you to hear it. Here is Casey Thaler with why fat does not make you fat. This is Casey Thaler, and today we'll be discussing why fat doesn't make you fat. Let's address the absolutely ridiculous idea that fat makes you fat. If fat made people fat, wouldn't anyone who ever consumed lots of extra virgin olive oil, like in the traditional Mediterranean diet, be morbidly obese? Or what about the Inuit, who consumed a very high-fat, low-carbohydrate diet? Using this logic, they would have been larger than anyone in the United States today, despite current obesity rates being as high as they are. The problem doesn't lie in fat, but rather in sugar and refined carbohydrates. Take, for example, the following debate which occurred in 2011 and consisted of high-ranking professors and researchers from Harvard University and other top schools in the United States. Here is one of many passages which completely debunk this outdated and ridiculous concept. Total fat doesn't matter, nor does saturated fat seem to. The traditional diet-heart paradigm is based on ecologic studies, biomarker studies, and animal experiments. These are best for hypothesis generation, not solid conclusions. This is a quote from Darius Mosafarian, MD, who is one of the most well-respected minds in the world of nutrition and health. As can easily be seen, suggesting that fat of any kind is unhealthy is both foolish and inaccurate. There are, unquestionably, certain fats that are problematic, 
However, when we see any kind of information come out suggesting that fat is bad for you, it is usually based on a flawed study or an accurate and or biased interpretation of the results. For example, we see many studies which claim that high-fat feeding promotes the metabolic syndrome. However, what one must do in cases such as these is look at the actual studies to determine what the diet actually consisted of and what type of animal the study was performed on human, rat, mouse, etc. If one is unfamiliar with the scientific literature, they may be shocked to learn that nearly 100% of these studies consist of diets that are not at all what one in the health world would consider a high-fat diet. Gone are the almonds, heart-healthy extra virgin olive oil, avocados, and other staples like coconut oil. Instead, many of these studies feed their subjects ridiculous concoctions of food. Here is what one actual high-fat diet consisted of. Powdered Purina 5001, hydrogenated vegetable fat, with casein, L-methionine, AIN-93 vitamin mix, and AIN-93 mineral mix. Let's start with the Purina 5001 and what it truly is, because the last time I checked, you couldn't buy that food at a Whole Foods or Farmer's Market. If we go to the actual website for this diet, we find that Purina 5001 consists mainly of ground corn and de-hulled soybean oil. For those extra curious, there are over 30 total ingredients, and none of them are much better than the main two. So we are starting this high-fat diet with ground corn and soybean oil. Hmm. Okay. Then we are adding hydrogenated vegetable fat, dairy in the form of casein, an amino acid, and a vitamin mix along with a mineral mix. Does this look like a high-fat diet that anyone in his or her right mind would consume? Where are the avocados, extra virgin olive oil, coconut oil, etc.? Where are the quality wild-caught or grass-fed sources of protein? Where are the quality sources of carbohydrate? Exactly. They're all missing. This is like saying you're consuming a nutrient-dense diet, all the while you're actually eating at McDonald's. It simply makes no sense, is inaccurate, purposefully misleading, and dangerous to those who don't review the scientific literature carefully. By the author's own words, around 17% of total fat in this diet was trans fat. They then go on to state that this diet was used because of the more pronounced obesity as produced in rats in our laboratory than have several commercial high-fat diets. Does anyone else see the problem here? They know, going into the study, that by using this monstrosity of a diet, the rats, who aren't humans, by the way, will get obese. So what exactly is the point of their study? Any scientist can run a study and then claim that high-fat diets promote the metabolic syndrome. This is especially true of feeding the subjects trans fats and not basing the diet on anything resembling an actual high-fat, low-carbohydrate diet. If one were to, instead, look at human high-fat, low-carbohydrate studies, they would find very different results. One study followed human subjects over 12 months and compared a low-fat diet with a high-fat diet. The results? The low-carbohydrate diet was more effective for weight loss and cardiovascular risk factor reduction than the low-fat diet. So when performed on actual humans eating actual food, not rat chow, a high-fat diet over the period of 12 months resulted in more weight loss than a low-fat diet, as well as besting the low-fat diet in the following categories. Greater decreases in fat mass better ratio of total high-density lipoprotein, better triglyceride level, greater increases in HDL cholesterol level. Well, that seems to contradict all the propaganda of high-carb, low-fat diets, now doesn't it? Maybe the problem isn't the fat, but rather the carbohydrates. Mind-blowing, I know. The specific problem is sugar. And even more specifically, the problem is hyperpalatable food and fructose. This is a problem that is killing not just our health, but also our economy. To bring the ridiculous nature of this problem to an even further front, if fat was bad, why would we be supplementing with fish oil, omega-3 fatty acids, every day? Why would proponents of these low-fat diets tell us to eat nuts, which are loaded with fat? 
Perhaps it's because the problem is the kind of fat, not the actual fat. Furthermore, there are essential fats. There are ones that your body cannot produce endogenously. However, there are no essential carbohydrates. Surprised? I've used but three small examples in this argument today, and yet I think it is blatantly obvious that anyone touting the benefits of a low-fat diet is beyond confused and is, quite frankly, scientifically wrong. Those not consuming fats quickly run into a multitude of problems, especially cognitive. Too many carbohydrates in the diet cause a multitude of problems, and they also make it very easy to overconsume calories, resulting in obesity. So what to eat? Well, a nutrient-dense diet consists not only of healthy fats, but also quality sources of protein and good starchy carbohydrates. A little bit of fruit can be good as well. Vegetables are your best friend and help not only with cognitive and heart health, but also with cellular functioning and weight maintenance. Any diet that contains lots of vegetables, quality sources of protein, and healthy fats will be ideal. Note that what is not included are trans fats, processed foods, liquid calories, excess sugar, and anything made by man and not by nature. The ideas and concept behind a healthy diet aren't complex, but sticking to one can be. There are many stressors in modern life, and many around us are completely unhealthy and addicted. Whether it's to alcohol, caffeine, sugar, or stress, those in the world that are addicted can be so oblivious to what is actually healthy that they simply just live in denial until a disease or health condition makes it too late to act. But you don't have to live that way. Start today, right now. Change your unhealthy habits. Get rid of any things in your life that are causing you grief and unhappiness. Whether it's stress, a friend who drains you, a romantic relationship that isn't really worth it, or a job you are terribly unhappy in. Life is too short to live in a sick, addicted state. A simple, healthful diet can help turn everything around. And a simple, healthful diet contains many healthy fats. How did I do? Let me know if you consume fat and how much in the comments. All right, my paleo hackers, you just heard it from the man himself, Casey Thaler, on why fat doesn't make you fat. We have him on the call now to answer some frequently asked questions, kind of recap what we just heard, put it in a different format so you can really get using this and apply it in your everyday life. So, Casey, thanks again for um, for being with us here today, and we're excited to rant it up. Sure, no problem. Happy to be here. Cool, man. So awesome article i'm sure people listening now are are intrigued on why fat doesn't make them fat but to guess uh, start it off why should the person who just listened to the article and is listening to this like why does this matter to them in their everyday life well sure i think there's this um antiquated notion that people uh you know should avoid fat like the low fat craze especially in the 90s was really big with like snackwell's cookies and all that stuff where they just replaced you know, the fat with sugar, which actually ended up making us all much more fat. Um, so there's essential fats. So people need fats. They literally can't function without them. Uh, there's no such thing as an essential carbohydrate. So that's a misnomer right there that I think people should be aware of. And then, um, you know, healthy fats have a vast array of positive attributes for your body and your brain. So if fat made you fat, people that consume lots of extra virgin olive oil, like in the traditional Mediterranean diet, they would all be morbidly obese. Uh, or the Inuit who consumed a very high-fat, low-carbohydrate diet, they'd be very obese as well, and that's just not the case. So I think it's important for people to realize that it's really the sugar that's making people fat or bad forms of fat can be uh, problematic. So Okay. And so there's there's kind of two things there. There's the fat aspect and there's everything else you're doing with the sugar aspect, the carbohydrate aspect. When people come to you, and I'm sure, you know, in working with clients and you get a lot of questions once people hear fat isn't making them fat, what are kind of like the frequently asked ones that people freak out about and, and how do you get them through 
the mindset that fat doesn't make them fat. Right. Yeah, that's very, very common. Uh, so a lot of people come in with like a low-fat diet, and they've, of course, gained weight on it. They're usually insulin-resistant, uh, that sort of thing. Um, what usually scares them is that I tell them to eat, you know, like grass-fed beef and don't cut the fat off and eat all the fat, or they could eat like bacon or coconut oil, which is, of course, really high in fat, um, and it's saturated fat, so they think that's bad as well, which is a total misnomer. Um, and it's really just a mental block, I think, for a lot of people because it's been so drilled into uh, people in the United States that fat is really bad since, I guess, the 1970s, really, maybe even the 60s when Ansel Keys first came around. But um, when I say, well, if fat was bad, why would you eat almonds and why would you have extra virgin olive oil? They kind of look at me like puzzled for a second and they're like, oh, yeah, I never really thought about that. <laughs> so that's a little bit scary. Um, but, uh, you know, avocados are another good choice that once I say that, people are like, oh, that does make sense. Yeah. Um, because there's really no data behind the low fat thing. And they, uh, you know, they're aware of that, but um, maybe they're not aware of it, but they kind of are once you show them a couple studies or you kind of just talk to them for a couple minutes. So. Yeah, so people have these preconceived notions and they've been inundated for the past decade or two about the low-fat craze. And so to kind of get over it is like, uh, uh, you know, they got to experience it and dive into it. Do you find that people who accept the more high-fat, lower-carb um, diet frame tend to lose weight? That seems to be the catch-all term that people are focused on when they're working. You know, they want right. to lose weight, they want to lose fat. Do you, does this right. way of eating make them actually lose weight faster? Uh, it absolutely can. Uh, it depends sort of where you're coming from. Um, one of the things I like to show people that they're not really aware of, I'll occasionally get somebody that comes in with like a scientific study. They're like, look, a high-fat diet causes X, Y, and Z. And it's always like a rat or a mouse study, first of all, which I point <laughs> out to them. And then I'll point out what they're actually eating. You can go in and look at the actual diet that they're feeding these things. And it's like, absolutely ridiculous no wonder they're getting fat and dying and sick and everything it's like ground corn and like soybean oil are the two main ingredients yeah. so um yeah it's a high fat high sugar diet but when people come off of something like that and they're eating a lot of real food and whole foods they tend to lose weight really quickly and then when it does plateau a little bit they do get a little bit frustrated but um you know, it's way easier to maintain healthier biomarkers uh, eating like a low-fat, nutrient-dense di- or a low-carb, uh, nutrient-dense diet. So once people get over the mental block, which does take a while initially, they tend to see results pretty quickly. Okay. So the, one of the last things I really wanted to ask you about after reading the article, I don't think I really saw it in there, but we've been talking about this low-carb versus high-carb kind of and where fat plays into it. Can you do low carb and low fat at the same time or high fat and high carb at the same time it seems to be kind of a a a misconception out there like people don't really know what to lower and what to raise and how do they go about doing that like right not like ratio wise but talk more about why high carb doesn't really work if you're doing high fat Right. Um, Well, I mean, there's three macronutrients and you can only have 100% total, right? So you have to have 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 it equal 100%. So people will try to go uh, high fat and high carb and it doesn't tend to work out that well. I mean, that's the standard American diet is high fat and high carb. It's just poor food choices within those parameters. But you could do like a Katavan diet where it is higher carb and it's not necessarily uh, bad carbs and you can do just fine if you're really, really active. Uh, That being said, by raising the carbs, you're obviously going to have to lower your fat. So um, in the low fat, you said low fat and low carb. I don't, I mean, at that point, 
you'd have to be just eating a ton of protein, and there's proteins really satiating, so you could only eat so much. I don't think that would ever work. I've never seen that in practice, but it would be interesting if they tried that. Chicken and broccoli all day. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds yeah, like fun, so. doesn't it? Yeah. That'd be really bad for uh need a lot content. of hot sauce. The hot yeah. sauce is, is the, the make or break. I can go to Trader Joe's and get all their sauces and have the same thing every day and it tastes totally different but anyway uh, b- before we wrap this bad boy up i really want to hit on like an action step or two for the sure. person who just listened to the article and they listen to our talk and they're super interested in this where do they go from here how do they start incorporating what we're talking about with fat doesn't make you fat into their life sure uh so the first thing i would tell people to do and they should do this regardless but to cook with coconut oil uh it won't oxidize like uh, extra virgin olive oil would so once you cook with the coconut oil you can actually drizzle extra virgin olive oil on top of your food and that'll be another way to get good fats in there and then eat a ton of avocados those are the three easiest things to do right off the bat to uh that's actionable okay eat avocados cook with coconut oil i love it man and um real quick like if they start doing that every day or 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 a couple times a week what should they be feeling are they going to feel fuller are they going to feel more energized like what what's kind of the most um reported benefits that you find in the clients you work with when they start doing that Right. Uh, so it sort of depends on where they're coming from. If they're really insulin resistant and they're used to eating a ton of carbohydrates and a lot of sugar, it's going to be a pretty big shock to cut that drastically. And they're going to feel probably fatigued for a couple days, if not up to a week. But once you get over that initial plateau, you're going to feel a lot better. Your energy will be more even throughout the day, um, that sort of thing. Awesome, Casey. This is an awesome call. Thanks for touching on more of the frequently asked questions and kind of giving us the action steps to apply in our own lives. I know the people at home are going to go buy some coconut oil and eat some avocados if they haven't already. No problem.